Hey friend, Elamine Abdul Mahmoud here. Look, if you're anything like me, maybe you're constantly looking for new podcasts. Well, I have a recommendation for you. It is Sounds Good, CBC's podcast newsletter. You'll get some new show recommendations and you'll be treated to some behind-the-scenes footage of some of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Sounds Good, CBC's podcast newsletter at the link in the description. And also, just Sounds Good. I'm so grateful for those people because they listen to everything so you don't have to. This is a CBC Podcast. I am so relieved that it's Friday. It's the day we talk about the biggest stories of the week. A well-respected rapper called Drake's music mall music, perfect for shopping at Target. Ouch. The internet has been up in arms about this. Today on the podcast, the Drake fans are shook. The group chat is here. Let's go. I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. This is Commotion. Listen, hip-hop started 2024 with a bang, thanks to comedian Cat Williams and his, his viral moment last week. And then this past weekend, Yasin Bey, the rapper you might know best as Most Def, he stepped up to the plate and he gave us this. Like, is Drake hip-hop? Drake is pop to me. Right, that's fair. In the sense that he, it's charting like pop music, popular music? In the sense, like, if I was in Target in Houston and I heard a Drake song, so it feels like a lot of his music is compatible with shopping. Commercial music. Or as, or as you know, music, shopping yeah. with an edge. I got to tell you, if I'm a rapper and most have said my music is sh- like shopping with an edge, I would quit. I would stop rapping in that moment. I would say I got to go find a different hobby, maybe become a marketing consultant, anything else. But I would I would simply go, I'm out. That's Yasin Bey, formerly known as Most Def. Yasin was on a podcast and the host asked him whether he thought Drake is hip hop. Yasin took this breath and he was like, ah, why are you asking me this? And then he came with the heat. Those comments, clearly off the cuff, unexpected, set the internet on fire. It sparked this larger debate around that question. Is Drake hip hop? But also this, I think, even, you know, bigger question, this 30,000 foot question, which is what is hip hop supposed to be right now? Marlon Palmer is here. A Harmony's here. David Dennis Jr. is here. Marlon, A Harmony, David, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to get into this. You. Hello. Well, listen, I know you all have thoughts about this, but first off, Marlon, I think we got to start by saying congratulations, dude. You're the new morning show of Flow 98.7. Congratulations, dude. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah. That's huge. Well, but being that this is your congratulations moment, we're going to start with you on this one. What was your initial reaction when you saw what Yasin said about Drake? Uh, it was just very disappointing to see another old head succumb to clout, internet <laughs> clout, because that's exactly what it was. As a seasoned vet, he should have known when he was being pushed into a cloudy answer. And she asked that strictly for engagement because Drake has nothing to do with him. Drake opened for the man in 2007. They haven't talked since. So... It was weird to see that, but also it's expected these days. Drake is engagement. I, I get you. You know, you say his name and everything goes up for you. All the metrics. So I, I understood it. And I also did was confused at why being played in a shopping mall is a diss. 
Okay, I mean, there's a lot to get into there, but first of all, I just want to say you started that with a diss by talking about these old heads. Listen yes. here, young man. <laughs> yes, yes. He put his he put in his dentures before that comment. For sure. Oh my goodness, for sure. David, David. Okay, well, there's a lot to get into about this debate, but what are some of the arguments you've seen for the team that says Drake is not hip hop? I mean, most definitely for the people who think that Drake is not hip hop, I'm not one of them. I think Drake is is in a corner of hip hop that is more poppy, but he is in a corner of hip hop. I mean, there is an mm. argument that Drake does make music that is not that is on a different spectrum than most deaf. You play black on both both sides. You play four on my dogs. These are they sound like two different genres yeah. of music for a lot of people. There's an argument that Drake goes against a lot of the conventions of what we think about hip hop, folks. The idea of mo most deaf is is raucous records you think timberlands you think jeans you think all that stuff and you mm. think of drake drake is an actor drake came from the grass like mm. these are things that were not hip-hop traditionally but to drake's defense a lot of these things have redefined what how we look at hip-hop somebody like drake would not have been considered a welcome into a hip-hop space 20 or 30 years ago yeah. but you know because of the sheer talent and the pop nature and the popularity of it he has opened that for better or for worse depending on where you fall on that he's opened that <laughs> for a lot of different people there's a, i mean there's an argument that hip-hop or what hip-hop was has expanded into the pop territory and then taken it over and i am interested in that argument but i am interested at the, what point does it stop you know, diluting the core of hip hop and become something else entirely. Harmony, you're a rap artist yourself. What side of this debate do you <laughs> fall on? So to me, Drake is a pop star who raps much of the time. Ooh. And Ooh. I want to be clear. So I, I, I agree with Marlon that there is absolutely nothing wrong with being played in a shopping mall. And that's the part of the argument that's kind of peculiar to me. Like what's wrong with being pop, right? Hmm. I do think though that Drake's entire approach, even though he raps and rapping is an element of hip hop, he appeals to the masses on purpose, which is like completely frowned upon in hip hop culture. Hip hop wants people who kind of, <laughs> I see. Marlon is making faces at the screen as Harmony's trying to finish this argument. Marlon is making faces at me. He gives just enough to people to give them the illusion like oh i'm part of the culture i listen to rap music too i listen to drake but really he's not <laughs> digging any deeper than just surface level rapping surface level dance hall surface level dance and he See? gives the people what they want which is See? the definition of pop music Marlon's about trying to, go to appeal to the widest right this is the problem people. this is the problem what's the problem why do y'all want to keep hip-hop in a basement we fought to make this the number one genre in the world and it is now and it has been because of one man <laughs> named drake he is if without drake a lot of these guys do not have the platforms they have migos we can go down the list of the amount of hip hop. You have named that one artist, Marlon. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying we could be here all day. We could be here all day. We both know the list. Yeah. All I'm saying is hip hop should not be looked at as just one thing. He posted a Method Man quote that a lot of people took out of context and was like, "Oh, Drake, you're none of those things." But what I took from Method Man's detailing of what hip hop is is it's all encompassing. We shouldn't box it in. And there's a larger discussion as well when it comes to blackness and the boxes we put blackness in. Mm. If we're equating those same things to hip hop and saying we could only be these things, 
where are we going? I, David, I, 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 I agree okay, with ahead, you, ahead, but I, I also think that like genre is very heavily racially coded. And I think Drake's blackness is what kind of lends him credibility in hip hop and why we don't put him in the pop category. And why can't we Woo! expand beyond hip hop and R&B and the few genres that they kind of place all black people who are making all kinds of different music? Like, why can't we expand outside of those boxes? And again, it brings me to that argument. What's wrong with Drake being pop? Like, why doesn't he just own that he is a pop star and he does it very well why not just own that with pride david i like that argument like that argument like actually what drake is doing is demonstrably not in relationship with the origins of what hip-hop is and he should just say we've taken over pop and now we do this it's sort of like hip-hop adjacent pop and that should be an okay place to claim and maybe the, the, the argument that most def made won't hurt so much well, that's the that's the the issue the issue I have is I'm I'm con, I'm confused about why Drake has problems with this. Like, why is this a problem <laughs> for Drake? Because every time somebody says this about Drake, he gets upset about it. Yeah. But the music backs it up. Like Drake had a moment where he was talking about I'm Jay Z, I'm be these people, but he has <laughs> not put out the music that makes him on Jay Z's level. Drake, Drake don't have classics. Like you could say we don't have classic albums. He does oh not. my god! But, and but it's and it's fine. It's okay. You it's okay. Drake can be ludicrous. Do you Drake know it can be Nelly on a higher level. But don't get offended when somebody says you are not Jay Z. You are not Kendrick Lamar. You are not Nas because. All he's going to do is put an Instagram out. None of this is going to compel Drake to go out and make that one great classic album. None of this is going to compel Drake to actually be a better rapper. He's going to say the things that he always says, which is, look at how much money I make. Look, I'm charting with like Michael What's Jackson. wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it. Nothing's wrong with it. Just Drake, stop acting like there's something wrong with it. No, that's but pop, it, but that's like telling a woman to stop being mad at being called a female because that's what you are. When you know the way it's being I used, I don't think it's that at all. It's not. It's not <laughs> the way it's being used is in a derogatory term. Was most deaf complimenting him? But, okay, no, he wasn't. Uh, hold oh, on. Right. Let me just let me just acknowledge Drake's response for a moment, okay? Because like he posted that response um, on his Instagram, and I think it's worthwhile noting his his, his response. And then I'll come back to you, Marlon, because I can see you. You're ready to say a lot of stuff. Uh, okay, so he said, "Quote: What Umi say again? Let me shine my light, King. Don't change up now." Umi says it's of course the title of Yasin's biggest song to date. The line "Shine my light" is sung repeatedly by Yasin in the song's chorus, which is like, "Yo, you sing." too like a lot of your stuff is also singing but is doing a different job marlon it's doing a different job like the idea that drake is trying to do the same thing that talib did the same thing that i don't know like wu-tang was trying to do versus the same thing that as david just said nelly or Ludacris, but on a more mm -hmm. successful level i i mean clearly they're doing different jobs and trying to appeal to different arenas is that not true and is that not okay it is, is that a, not hip hop? Is thing. that not nobody, still hip hop? Nobody is Harmony. debating the okayness but, of making a good pop album. We're just saying own it and wear it with pride. Is all we're saying. saying pop. First of all, first of all, pop is just popular. So it's no, there's no key elements to a pop song other than being popular. I don't think Drake feels that way, Marlon. I don't think Drake feels that way. Not necessarily sonically, but the approach is exactly that. It's appealing exactly. to the masses on wow. purpose. And exactly. I think that's the antithesis of hip hop. There's a bit of defiance 
defiance in hip hop that Drake's mm-hmm. music kind of lacks. He plays it safe. He tries to appeal to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Never gets too deep into any one thing, which is a very pop approach. That's not necessarily the hip hop approach. That's all ask, that. Let me ask I think you something. Is, sure. is is Michael Jordan basketball? He's basketball. And when we're thinking about golf, because I was also thinking about Michael Jordan, (laughs) when we're thinking about golf, we're never going to say, oh, my goodness, he transformed the game of golf. We're not going to think of him as, oh, he completely elevated and he is golf. He embodies it and he is everything that golf stands for but he is a good golfer just like lebron james is a good football player who is basketball okay i want i love this this is the best kind of chaos that i've ever asked for in the morning absolutely incredible time i want to play you guys a clip right now this is from a 2020 interview this is from an interview that drake did in 2020 with the rap radar podcast this is him bemoaning the decline of the lyrical rap in in pop mainstream take a listen to this in, in, a, in a mainstream space, I feel like, you know, the art of bars and, and just that traditional, you know, rap, the long verses, it's kind of going, it's kind of going, it's extinct. So I think just honestly, I'm just grateful to be able to rap and the fact that people even still want to listen, because I think it is really hard to captivate the younger audience by just like rapping. May not mean nothing to y'all. Harmony, I gotta ask you about this. It sounds like Drake is kind of actually acutely aware of the limitations that his mass appeal have. And in fact, he will be curtailing his own popularity by just like rapping, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's one way to interpret that. How to did me, you interpret it? Sounds it sounds like he's kind of inserting himself in I'm one of the last people <laughs> to really spit bars. And I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, As Marlon mentioned earlier, he kind of opened the floodgates for a lot of people who might not otherwise be considered hip hop to feel like they own a part of the culture. And I think him being pop and appealing to pop kind of, kind of facilitated that. Yeah. I, uh, David, I gotta say hip hop, particularly rap music has also, has always kind of been about speaking truth to power. Uh, We see this in public enemy, rage against the machine. Yasin Bey is clearly from that Ilkhamet family. Drake has never been really a political artist, right? Like we talk about Drake. This is someone who's been criticized, for example, for uh, he's he's Jewish and he's not really said a lot about the Israel-Hamas war. DJ Khaled, kind of same thing. He's Palestinian, has not said a lot about the Israel-Hamas war. Yassine, on the other hand, has been very vocal about that and, you know, other geopolitical conflicts. Could Drake's apolitical stance be a part of why we see him, you know, being questioned in terms of his hip hop credibility? Uh, yeah, that's always been there with Drake. And and I mean, it's sort of unfair to, to compare him to somebody like Most Def on that far end of yeah, that. I mean, Most Def, yeah. the police shut this man down for doing a Katrina, uh, uh, you know, performance in 2006. The yeah. guy, you know, did the did the force feeding thing um, to talk about what was going on in Guantanamo. He's made actual, like, protest music. Drake would have an aneurysm if he tried to make Black on both sides. Like, that's never <laughs> going to happen. So, but like... The the thing about yes. Drake is that like he that and he is it's fine again it's fine it's fine that that's what he's chosen to do obviously we would want him to say more obviously I'm a little bit more concerned about some of the things he's been saying uh, um as of late sort of differentiating himself from Black Americans things he's hmm. rapped about and and the people he's sort of aligned himself with which is kind of concerning about his his relationship to to blackness and things like that but it's still if you want to be apolitical be apolitical just don't be mad when people call you out for being apolitical like the problem is drake has positioned himself where drake is the most popular rapper in the world he can position himself any 
anywhere in the world that he wants, but he gets mad when he's in that corner and everybody's like, hey, you're in that corner that you've chosen to be at, as if he has no choice. This is where you are choosing to be. So, like, just take your medicine when somebody points it out. Woof. Marlon, last words to you on this. I I never heard, I personally never heard Drake complain about people saying he doesn't talk about politics. For the most part, I don't want Drake to talk about politics. I've never wanted him to talk yeah. about politics because right. I want people who are well-equipped in the conversation to have that conversation. He Absolutely. has a large platform and he can influence a lot of young minds. And if he doesn't know what he's talking about, he shouldn't step in that arena. So it's either you, you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So if he, if he does it and he doesn't do it correctly, they're going to be on him about that. If he does it and he chooses a side, they're going to be on him about that. If he does it correctly, they, he can't win. He can't win in the position he's in right now. And I've never expected those type of things from him. He just dropped a bonus um, on top of uh, For All the Dogs, Scary Hours 3, where he's rapping on conductor beats. If that's not hip-hop, I don't know what is. Number one, uh, Drake attorney, Marlon Palmer, right there. <laughs> Thank you. For <laughs> okay. We're going to switch gears. We don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to quickly get to this. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. All over the place. There's connective tissue. All of this. All of it is linked that is a bit of the trailer for origin it's a latest it's a latest movie from director ava duvernay this is an unusual adaptation it's an adaptation of the bestseller cast the origins of our discontent by isabel wilkerson that's a book that gives us a grand unified theory of racism it sort of connects all different types of racism throughout the world, from anti-black racism in the U.S. to India's caste system to Nazi Germany and its treatment of the Jews. Um, actor Anjanu Ellis Taylor plays author Isabel Wilkerson as she is on a journey to complete this book, the original book that she did. Harmony, one of Ava DuVernay's biggest hurdles with this adaptation was turning a nonfiction book with no actual central characters into this feature-length drama. Do you think this movie works? Absolutely, it works. There is such a strong thread of humanity in this film that just brings it to life and makes it so brilliant. Mm. Nearly every person who appears on screen has a backstory and they have big emotions and there's more to them than meets the eye. And she explores that with every person that appears on screen. Uh, what I appreciated most, especially because this film is an adaptation of a book, is that, or rather, like documenting the journey book. of, yeah, of yeah. right, uh, documenting the journey of kind of creating that nonfiction book. What I appreciated is every time written word was introduced into the film. So if Isabel was reading a passage from a book or a newspaper clipping, Ava would animate it and give it color mm -hmm. and context and add nuance and bring us back to 
the most human elements of the story. Yeah. Um, there's a really gripping scene where she explores Trayvon Martin, who in death became a headline. He became a topic of political debate. He became a symbol of racial injustice. And we kind of forgot that he was a human being. He was a teenager who was just out to buy candy. And Ava brings us back to that moment. Um, the best way that I can describe this film is its profound human-centered storytelling. It's brilliant. Uh, everything about this film on paper shouldn't work, you know, but everything about this film works on screen in ways that I really did not anticipate. David, earlier we were talking about Drake and the limitations that are put on hip hop in the commercial, you know, mainstream realm. This is a film that Ava had to go outside the mainstream film system outside of Hollywood because Hollywood didn't really want to fund this. Do you see a through line here? Do you see a connection between what, you know, mainstream culture is willing to uphold and uplift versus what it is not willing to uphold and uplift? Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a a movie, um, and a lot of times I was watching it like I can't believe I'm in a movie theater watching this, especially now yeah. in the age of streaming, especially in the place where these things get, um, get you know, just hidden, and especially the place where you got um, companies like Max who are who are canceling every black show that they've ever had. Yeah, um, that you can be in a movie theater watching somebody distill this idea of racism and international anti-blackness and all this stuff into something that you know, ties into a black woman, right? And like, yeah. these are just all these things that we just do not see um, in movies, in theaters. And to distill that, all those pages, Cass is a very dense book. Yeah. <laughs> Cass is a very dense storyteller. And to yes. just like tap into these human emotions of grief and trauma and understand, like it was, it was, a, it was a brilliant undertaking uh, by Ava, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's something really remarkable about the way that she manages to pull this out. Because again, like, this is a heavily conceptual book. And then the way that this movie manages to make it real, there's something truly incredible about this. I got to keep it moving, though, because we got to talk about Jennifer Lopez and what happened when she dropped this. this is me. When I was little, I used to share a room with my sister. She used to sleep so peacefully. This is me. And I just used to lie there awake thinking... How does anybody sleep that way when your heart never goes to sleep? I know. You feel like nobody gets you. I don't even get me. Uh, a lot to say about this. Okay, that's the new movie trailer from Jennifer Lopez. It's called This Is Me Now, A Love Story. It's a companion film to the album that is going to be coming out next month. This is a movie that has Ben Affleck and Kiki Palmer and Fat Joe and Trevor Noah. You see J-Lo on a bike. J-Lo getting married. J-Lo in a fantastical-looking factory situation. Look, the official synopsis calls it a, quote, love story like nothing you've ever seen before. Oh. <laughs> I, <bet>. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I guess it kind of tracks because the whole internet is going like, what's going on here? Harmony, 30 seconds to you. What was your reaction seeing this? Hey, my reaction was J-Lo is J-Lo. And <laughs> hey, the title says it all. This is her now. Gotta respect it. <laughs> it's, it's in conversation with the album that she put out 20 years ago called This Is Me Then. And then, you know, the idea that you would, uh, I don't know, leave that as a postmark then and then go like, I'm going to make one that says This Is Me Now, 20 years later. Uh, David, you're up next. When you saw this trailer, how'd you feel about it? Uh, this is like when you buy the Michael Jackson Moonwalker movie on Wish. Like, I don't understand what was going on. I thought I was tripping on acid like halfway through the trailer. <laughs> yeah. There's like spaceships. There's Fat Joe as a therapist. Like, there's like things that I never thought I would see. I don't understand 
what is going on uh more power to j-lo for whatever this thing is i i kind of feel like i'm gonna i feel like i have to go see this movie now i i'm not gonna lie to you i will be seated on the day that it comes out like i'm not gonna miss this thing but it's also because i kept on watching this trailer marlon going i don't understand what i'm looking at right now i don't really understand what this is going what this is was that your reaction to until you gave that synopsis, I had no idea what this movie was about. So, yeah. Um, the fact that she had an album called This Is Me. This Is Me Then. This is Ashanti. In 2002. This was Ashanti. That's what it should be called. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited to hear Ashanti sing in this movie. Uh, it's going to be great. <laughs> I know. The disrespect that Jennifer Lopez continues to get this many years into her career, Marlon Palmer. What is this? What is this? this? Is, hey, man, it, this is uh, reap what you sow is what they say. <laughs> so I, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm, the trailer looked, like he said, an acid trip. Very confusing. Not sure of the cast or how that's going to go together. Is it a musical as well? There was dancing choreo- we'll never choreographed. Know. It's just a lot. Can I ask you before we before we go? Just maybe I'll put this to David. What was, what do you think it was about this thing that made it go so viral? Because the internet could not stop talking about it. Because it looked like, like I said, it looked like drugs. It looked like something. <laughs> like it was like, what is going on? Yeah. I don't understand. Like I, at first, you think maybe this is like a musical thing, like like uh, Rhythm Nation or like Renaissance, or like the Taylor Swift movie or something. But then there's like spaceships, and then she's like. <laughs> There's like just marrying people that are not Ben Affleck, and there's like four different marriages in the trailer. I don't under. There's like a a dance sequence that looks like it's in a yeah. Budweiser commercial. I do oh, not understand man. anything that I saw. Yeah, and not to mention the hate train of J Lo in the past couple of years. We is it's popular to hate her now because of recent things that have come out over over the past two or three years so i will never board that train i stand with her this is me now okay we're gonna leave it there (laughs) a harmony david dennis jr marlon palmer thank you so much for your time y'all thank you for being here thank you thanks for having me thank you about to uh, about to go to target and listen to some drake (laughs) (laughs) won't hear any most deaf there (laughs) incredible marlon palmer is a comedian and co-host of ace and marlon in the morning on toronto's flow 98.7 a harmony is a freelance journalist and music industry insider in Toronto and David Dennis Jr. is a veteran music journalist and cultural critic. We reached him in Mableton, Georgia. Our pal Tom Power, by the way, is going to be talking to Ava DuVernay on Tuesday to talk about her new film, Origin. It just kind of feels right. Everything feels right with the world again when you got new music from Slater Kenny in the year of our Lord 2024. That is called Say It Like You Mean It from the album Little Rope. You can hear Tom Power's interview with the band on Q on Monday. And that is it for the show today. But listen, before we go, now is the time that I get to tell you about the incredible folks who help get the show on the air. Commotion is produced this week by Stuart Berman, Ty Callender, Amelia Ekbal, Jean Kim, Jane Vancouverden, and Jess Lowe. Our intern is Shannon Williamson. Our digital producers are Eva Drew and Shuli Grossman-Gray. Our directors this week are Danielle Grogan and Jane Vancouverden. Our engineer is Sam Hashmi. The senior producer of the show is John Perry. And McKeegan is the executive producer. And my name is Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. Hey, I'm going to be here next week. I sure hope to see you then.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.